When witches go riding and black cats are seen, the moon laughs and whispers, tis near Halloween. Boom! <laughs> Welcome to another exciting episode of ConRadio.com and WizardWorld.com's Every Day is Halloween podcast. As always, I'm your host, Horror Guy Keenan, here to bring you more thrills, chills, and stories to spook you to the bone with reviews and interviews and so much more. So, uh, a little confusion happened this past week. Obviously, you know that we're past Halloween, and I promised you guys two episodes in October. Well, one of the episodes that I was going to do was supposed to be on Halloween weekend at Spooky Empire here in Orlando, Florida. Well, apparently, long story short, I signed up to do the panel. I was going to do a live recording, have everybody there, have Emily, even bring on Tim, you know, have guests, do a whole thing, or do a bunch of live reviews and get people's uh, info from the show. Uh, They booked me for the show, but never told me that I got booked. So I signed up. Never heard a thing back, and that was it. And then I find out my whole information's in the con guide. So people that were fans of the show showed up, and I was not there. So I am gravely, gravely sorry if you went out there and I was not there. Uh, it was something that got just misconceived and, and, and crazy. And uh, I hope to do some more shows. Apparently, Wizard World's coming out to Orlando soon. Uh, I'll definitely do a live show out there. Um, I know there's some other conventions out here, uh, including Megacon, Fan Days, a bunch of other things like that. So I'll definitely come out to those shows, do some live recordings. So that's why I'm sorry that there is not a second episode and a Halloween episode. So for right now, this will be the Halloween episode. It's the Halloween episode in November. Uh, But I don't care. Whatever. So let's go on with everything. Um, I've been hearing a lot from you guys, and it's great. I love hearing from the fans and people that will listen um, and I just want to let you guys know, uh, a ton of you guys won the, uh, Halloween at High Noon new album, uh, and I'm excited to announce that, uh, Sean Wyatt, who dressed as Barf, that was his favorite costume for Halloween, uh, Tony Dixon, who did Freddy Krueger, Daniel Perry, who did Jason Voorhees, uh, Brandon Melody, uh, who did a California Raisin as a kid, uh, you all won, uh, keys, including, uh, RJ Strokeo, uh, Y'all won prizes, so I'm very happy that you, to get those out there to you guys. Um, Halloween High Noon were very gracious to give those to us. So uh, congratulations, and I hope to give out some more stuff. Now, I want to move into something a little bit more uh, kind of interesting about conventions, seeing as how uh, this convention kind of uh, put me in a bad place. Uh, Danielle Sanchez, a, a longtime listener, has uh, wrote into me and said that she has she had had a little problem at one of the shows. Uh, I won't name names of who she talked to, what celebrity she talked to, but she went up to one of them and 
you know, this is kind of like her first horror convention outside of Comic Con. Uh, so they're a little bit more, um, a little bit more, uh, you know, together and very close. So you can walk right up to these people and talk to them. And she felt a little odd about this. The fact that, like, you kind of go up and you see these stars that you've, you know, you've been into for such a long time. And they kind of downplay you a little bit. Or they try to sell you something. Um, and she got a little weirded out by this. She, you know, she talked to him. And, you know, he kind of, like, kind of gave her a weird look. And, you know, kind of almost just hawked his, his 8x10s. And try to sell her something rather than just you know being that straightforward person and saying hey how are you doing, um, it happens you know the, this is their livelihood, uh, they have to make money too uh, when they're not making their B horror films they have to go to these conventions and sit there I mean they don't have to but it pays the bills it pays their kids bills so that's why sometimes you'll see some of these seasoned actors and actresses at all these shows constantly around town. Um, the bigger names, like some of the folks from The Walking Dead or John Carpenter or George Romero, they'll just, I mean, they'll come out every now and then, but they don't need the the constant flow of conventions. And I'm sure the touring can get, you know, pretty, pretty torn on you and just make you just not want to, you know, travel anymore. So, you know, the long flights, the, you know, checking into hotels, they can be kind of crabby. I had one experience uh, many moons ago at Dragon Con with... Uh, Let's just say he played a Batman character uh, before it was a movie. And he just was not nice at all. Very, very rude to me. Very, um, just kind of a jerk. And, you know, do you? it, it kind of it hurts you afterwards because, you know, you look up to this person for so long and now it's tarnished. Like, you know, you can't even watch a new show or a movie that they're in without kind of giving a little, hmm, you know, like, man, screw this guy or girl. So... You know, it, it sucks. Whenever you go up to these tables, you got to be very cautious about what you're doing. If you're a huge fan and, you know, it, sometimes it's best just not to go up to these guys. Now, I don't want to just, you know, deter you guys from ever meeting your heroes or, or your, your favorite actors because it can be a great experience. I've had some of the best interviews this way. You know, I've gone up to Robert England, Tom Savini, these guys. I've interviewed them all. And they're super nice and super kind and happy to be where they're at. And those are the people that you don't mind giving $25, $30. Um, even though now the prices are getting to be around, I don't know, like 50 to to $100. I think Norman Reedus charged over $100 at his last signing, which I think is a little too much. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it, it's it's 50-50 with these people. Um, you just got to be careful, you know. Don't go, don't put too much into your heart into it when you're going to meet these people. And if they just kind of, like, shrug you off and don't even offer you a picture or something, you know. it's It's all part of that convention game, and it sucks. So, uh, Danielle, I'm very sorry you had a, a shitty uh, experience at your convention. Um, but, you know, there's always new conventions. And it, one of the best things that I honestly recommend to do is to just avoid those signing rooms entirely and just go watch the Q&As because you get all the information you want and they let you ask questions and you don't have to pay for any of those questions. So there you go. We'll be jumping into reviews here in a little bit, but first, here is the cover, the Misfits cover of Halloween by AFI. With a gun through life, there's no one I remember Halloween 
it's crazy. I was never a huge fan of AFI, uh, but man, does that song kick ass or what? It almost rivals the Misfits original version, uh, but I'm also a bigger fan of Halloween 2, which came on a later uh, CD from the Misfits, which is really good, or I guess record, uh, when it originally released. So, let's jump right into reviews! Um, so, Ash vs. Evil Dead aired on Halloween night, and I know a lot of you got to finally see Ashley Williams don the chainsaw one more time, and I hope you all really enjoyed it. Uh, Stars was kind enough to send me a little uh, care package, which can follow the little pop-up book, which is really cool to see. Um, but yeah, they sent me the first two episodes. So I've seen the second episode as well, and I will tell you right now, if you guys liked the first episode, you will fucking love the second episode, which airs this Sunday night. Now, uh, it's really cool to see, you know, Ash back in action with the original, uh, you know, director, Sam Raimi, and they even brought the original composer back from the the original uh, Evil Dead films, Army of Darkness, uh, executive producer. Like, we're getting a lot of the people that made the original Evil Dead good. Uh, just b- put them back in the in the wooden hand and, and go to town. Uh, now the different thing about this show is that you gotta it's a TV series for this day and age, and you can't really you know hit that with one person. It works pretty okay for the comic books, but you gotta add the supporting characters. Now the supporting characters could really drag this show down, but they don't. They're actually really good. Um, there was a uh, I guess it was an Evil Dead video game that came out not too long ago where they had. Um, Ted Raimi as like his sidekick he was like this little guy that Ash would throw around and help him defeat bosses and stuff and I mean it was funny for what it was but honestly it 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 wasn't that great um and they've tried doing sidekicks with Ash and it just you know you have such a badass character it's really hard for him to kind of interact with people and I think this show did a really good job with that um you know bringing in the supporting characters I mean including Lucy Lawless you know uh, you know, you're bringing back Xena Warrior Princess. That is great. And you know, you know, Sam Raimi's had a long time working uh, ethic with her, with uh, Xena Warrior Princess. And it just, things worked out very well. I mean, we got the 1973 Osmobile Delta 88 in there, the, you know, the iconic looking Necronomicon. Uh, you know, I don't want to spoil too much for people that haven't watched the series yet, but it's just, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, it's, it's very hard to keep that balance of camp and uh, serious. Because fans might say, you know, oh, it's too campy. I don't, I don't really like it. I know the original Evil Dead was campy, but, you know, I'm looking for something more dark and gritty. Uh, well, they do a great job of just balancing those two out and playing well with each other. And I I can't give it more praise enough. Um, you know, it's on Stars. Check it out. Um, I hope, I hope, I think it just got renewed for season two from what I've heard. So that's fantastic. And uh, just tons and tons of Deadites, man. There's a lot of Deadites in this one, and they look good. They look like the original Deadites. So I'm very happy to see that this is actually a really good series. And don't just take my word for it. Here's Bruce Campbell. Don't wait up for dead, Eli. Ash vs. Evil Dead is the continuum of the Ash vs. Evil story. We're picking up with the main character from the films 30-ish years later. Looking good. Fans are going to love seeing Bruce come back and be the big dum-dum that he always was as Ash Williams. He's selfish, lazy, but he's really good at fighting deadites. Wow, it really was 3D. One of the great things of coming back together on Ash vs. Evil Dead is working with Sam and Bruce. It was 36 years since we shot the first Evil Dead together. And the fact we're still in the business, we're still working together, it was like, wow, the idiots are back in town. 
Sam is by far the most inventive director I've ever worked with. He's a great visualist, a great tone setter. Sam directed the pilot episode, so he was very careful about what the aesthetic of the entire show was going to be. That was cool. What we're doing is we're blending some of the approaches that we used in the original Evil Dead, but making them bigger and badder and bolder and scarier. Ash is the legend, and, and Evil Dead is this franchise that created a whole genre. Fans will enjoy the series because there are so many nods to the films. Ash has always kept the chainsaw and the shotgun and the book, but it's been rusting on a shelf somewhere, so he has to reactivate it. We're sort of creating a, a new genre for television, the same way that Sam Raimi did in the past. Old school horror with that element of comedy and subtle camp. Hope you took your Geritol. Ash vs. Evil Dead is a jolly splatterfest. Shoot first, think now. <laughs> also, if you don't have stars, uh, I think they have the first episode out right now for free online, so you can go check that out. Maybe you like it, you'd order stars. Ash vs. Evil Dead, Saturday nights at 9 p.m., only on stars. So you boneheads can't get enough Evil Dead, Ashley Williams, Army of Darkness. Well, Scream Factory is here to save the day. Uh, they just released the three-disc collector's edition of Army of Darkness on Blu-ray. Now, there's been fighting going on of what's the best definitive edition Army of Darkness to have. Well, man, they really knocked it out of the park with this one because literally everything you could find Army of Darkness-wise is on this thing. I mean... There's like there's a new medieval times making of which they always do the best making ofs for Screen Factory. So you know I loved this thing and they got people like Bill Mosley and uh, Marcus Gilbert and Ted Raimi and other people that you know aren't really on the like commentaries or making ofs, but like interviewed them and got their opinions of what it was like being on set. Um, there's also the director's cut, which is 96 minutes uh, in a 1080p high def that's on there, which is really nice. Uh, it has a new audio master. And then it has, like, the, you know, the original ending, which I'm sure you've all seen. There's uh, deleted scenes, uh, new additional behind-the-scenes footage from KB FX, uh, new audio commentary with Sam Raimi and Bruce, vintage making-of featurette. Uh, I think Disc 3 has the international cut, which is 88 minutes, also in 1080p. Uh, the list goes on and on, guys. It's it's a steal for, for its price. Uh, it came out October 27th. You can get it in stores everywhere, including Screen Factory's website, ScreenFactory.com. So definitely check that out. Now, they also released two Blu-rays uh, this past October as well um, that were fan favorites that didn't really get much, enough love when they came out. Uh, and I don't know if they get that much love these days, but there are fans for it. It's the Tales from the Crypt movies. That's Demon Knight and Bordello of Blood. I mean, I'm a little more partial to Demon Knight than I am Bordello of Blood. Um, I think it's just Dennis Miller's acting in that that just really gets to me. Uh, but they're both great films. Uh, and th- these are also definitive editions that you would want to have, which probably is every single thing, including new audio commentary um, you know, on the Demon Knight. And I think there's new audio commentary on Bordello of Blood as well. Um, and there's like making up special features with Corey Feldman because he was in uh, Bordello of Blood and... Uh, the same thing with Billy Zane, and it just list goes on and on. These are great um, 1080p quality versions of these movies, which if you've had the VHS versions, they were really, really dull. So it's really nice to see them popped back up 
And, uh, you know, it's good if you own, like, the entire Tales from the Crypt collection on DVD. It's nice to have these Blu-rays sitting right next to it. Now you literally have everything, uh, maybe minus the Tales from the Crypt cartoon series that aired on CBS. Um, But I know it's out there somewhere. I have a DVD of it that's just, like, three or four episodes of it. But, yeah, it's, it's out there. But, yeah, I mean, build it up now before it's gone. So check it out. The Canucks over at Astron 6 are back, Adam Brooks and Matthew Kennedy, uh, with something so great. If you guys liked Father's Day, then you'll really love the editor. Uh, It's kind of a giallo um, Italian horror throwback to those films, and man, it is mind-blowing. It was probably one of my favorite films this year. Here's a quick taste. He toils in the shadows, in a world of make-believe where the only reality is terror. A man walking the razor's edge of sanity and madness. And what if Claudio were to suddenly die, huh? What then? Don't worry about that silly little man. He can cut it as many times as you like. He's pathetic. Interesting how that name keeps coming up. Editor. Horror. Obsession. Lust. And blood. Pour from the camera's unblinking eye. And you've got a front row seat to murder. You don't want to leave things like this lying around. The wrong hands, they become weapons. The editor. He'll leave you on the cutting room floor. If you're a fan of Suspiria, uh, Blood and Black Lace, uh, a lizard in women's skin, kind of those giallo horror films, you guys will absolutely love this movie. Uh, so many throwbacks, and it's been a long time since I've seen a really good giallo horror film because they don't make them anymore. Um, and this thing's packed with tons of stuff, including audio commentary with Adam Brooks and Connor Sweeney and Matt Kennedy, including uh, there's a making of that's funny. It's called Making Movies Used to Be Fun Documentary, which is kind of uh, a little wink to uh, the shitty way films are made these days. Uh, you know, I love everything Astron 6 puts out, so I cannot highly recommend this one enough. Definitely see it. I don't know if it's going to hit Netflix at all, if that's what you're kind of waiting for. But I would just go out there right now and get this one. And that one's also from uh, Scream Factory. They're just knocking them out of the park. And for a sequel that nobody asked for, uh, Tremors 5 Bloodlines is out now. Apparently, it came out the same day on Netflix. So you could watch that one right now if you'd like. Stars uh, Jamie Kennedy and Michael Gross. Man, I really love Burt's character in all the Tremor movies. Maybe the first two? Maybe the first three? But after that, man, they just started getting awful. I mean talking about three and four and then five had to come out uh it takes place in africa and uh it is something i'll tell you that i mean it gets to the point where you know bert's being dragged around in a cage half naked by jamie kennedy in a monster truck yeah this one was painful to watch uh you know it still has uh, some deleted scenes outtakes uh little tremors five featurette but i do not recommend this one at all kind of a stinker guys uh i think they need to let the tremors series lie 
lie under the ground where it belongs with the graboids. All right, all right, all right. That's enough of that. That's enough of that. All right, moving on. The Rocky Horror Picture Show gets its 40th anniversary Blu-ray out now. Uh, you know, that's one of those ones they keep releasing every Halloween. I have the 35-year anniversary one. Um, the 35th anniversary, I should say. You know, I actually feel like they took a little bit away from that Blu-ray set. Uh, there were some special features that were missing, uh, and it doesn't come in that cool little book. But, I mean, they discontinued that one, so you kind of have to get this one. It's still the same old Rocky Horror that we come to know and love, and it still looks beautiful. And it has tons of special features, including Rocky Oki, which you sing along with. So, uh, yeah, check for that one out in stores now. Have you been watching a lot of uh, post-apocalyptic films and just saying, you know what, I want one that's really boring, really slow, doesn't have a lot of killing in it, but it has some of the best actors in Hollywood. Well, then Z for Zachariah is for you. Uh, from Lionsgate Pictures, uh, Z for Zachariah stars Margot Robbie from Wolf of Wall Street and the new uh, Suicide Squad movie, uh, Chris Pine from Star Trek, and Chi Whittle Geoffer, the guy from 12 Years a Slave. Uh, yeah. Very long, very slow, very boring. Uh, I heard a post-apocalyptic movie with these guys got really excited, uh, but it's basically a love triangle that you know twists and turns in, in an apocalyptic setting. Uh, so it bored me to tears. I do not recommend this one. Need more uh, exorcisms in your life? Well, then the Vatican Tapes is here to solve your problems. Uh, that's out now on uh, DVD, HD. Uh, digital demand, all that fun jazz. Uh, I wasn't too big of a fan of this one either. Uh, it's a little slow at times, and it's kind of just very depressing. Uh, I know if you're a horror fan, you know depressing's not too bad, as long as there's quality in it. Well, this one, quality is not that so great. So uh, I would avoid Vatican Tapes. Uh, you'll see that one probably pop up on Crackle soon. Now changing pace just a little bit with some kind of hate, which I really enjoyed. Uh, that's from RLJ Entertainment. Uh, this one is about a guy who gets bullied and gets sent to like a school where uh, there's a bunch of other troubled kids and uh, he starts getting bullied again only there's a girl that's kind of watching and sees what happens and things get a little bit way too serious uh, in the school with the bullying and it's just a blood soaked revenge story and it's really awesome very cool uh, kind of puts a twist on the whole uh, you know final girl you know slasher genre. So definitely check that one out. That one actually comes out November 3rd, so look for that one. Uh, yeah, I guess now. So it's out now. Never mind. <laughs> James Roday from Psych's new horror movie, uh, Gravy, is out right now on uh, Blu-ray from Scream Factory. And this one is badass. I really enjoyed this one. It takes place on Halloween night with a bunch of cannibals that terrorize a small little uh, restaurant full of people. And it's funny. It's a very, very dark comedy. But man, do they have fun with it. The really creepy guy from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is in it, and he still plays pretty much a creepy guy. Uh, there's also this uh, really interesting-looking uh, cat girl that's in it, and he, she's British and tortures people. Uh, I know this isn't the best review ever for Gravy, but it is fun. And James Roday directed it. It has um, uh, Sarah Silverman's in it, and it's it. Uh, she plays like a cameo part, I guess, really. But it's something different, and it really uh, it steps things up to the whole uh, cannibal thing, especially after Green Inferno came out. Uh, you know what? Let me just jump right into Green Inferno. I don't know if I talked about this on the last show. If not, I'm just going to say, that movie fucking kicked ass. Eli Roth is back in a whole new way. I know a lot of people shit on Eli Roth, but I think that was a step up from his game. Uh, you know, 
Cabin Fever was great. The two hostile movies were fun. Uh, I'm not hearing great things about Knock Knock, but I haven't seen that just yet. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Green Inferno. I thought it went really, really uh, dark for theaters. I'm surprised it even got a theatrical release. Um, but it was in and out super quick. Uh, but yeah, thumbs up on that movie. Definitely go see Green Inferno when it comes out on uh, Digital Man and Blu-ray. I hope Gravy takes kindly to me uh, segueing into another review in their review. Um, up next, we have Last Shift, which is Andrew de Blasi's new film. Um, a little slow at times. It, it, the pacing could have been kicked up a little bit more, but it's about a, a lady who's on her last shift. She's a cop, a uh, security guard at a building. Uh, and creepy things happen, and she kind of slowly uncovers this mystery that has happened in this building. Uh, twists and turns around every corner. Uh, Lash is out now. Uh, the makeup on it is wah, magnifique. It was great. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's a little slow, but it kicks into high gear towards the last 15 minutes. So definitely check out Last Shift. I don't know if any of you saw Cooties, but Cooties is out on HD uh, on demand and all that fun jazz as well. Um, stars Rain Wilson, Elijah Wood. Uh, it's a ton, a huge cast. Um, very funny, a lot of fun. It's very hard to kill kids in a very entertaining way without it being very sad. And even the movie at times goes to that place. Um, but they, you know, it's it's a comedy. It's a, I mean, it's a dark comedy, but it's it's lighthearted. It's basically teachers trying to get out of a school while all the children have cooties and try to eat them. Uh, it wasn't the best, especially when they try to do a dual real wheel joke too many times. Um, but in the end, it's still a lot of fun. It's good for a Halloween night uh, party. Um, so check that one out. Showtime and CBS just released Dexter the Complete Series in one gigantic bloody red box. Uh, this thing is epic, and you could probably kill somebody with this thing. Uh, you know what? You could also kill them with the last season of this thing because it was god-awful. But man, were the gr- first couple seasons pretty good. I think it's safe to say when Dokes died, the series died. But uh, the series looks great on DVD. Uh, it's not Blu-ray. What can you do? Um, but yeah, that's out right now, so check that one out. It's not in a cool wooden box with blood samples. I think that would be the best way to release this uh, set. But it's still fun nonetheless. So go out and grab Dexter every season in one box. Now for a film I really enjoyed. Uh, Tales from Halloween just released on digital demand. I have a few friends that have worked on this film. And I don't want to be a too biased uh, about that. Um, but it is, it's a ton of fun. Axel Caroline uh, did the film. Uh, she got her husband also working on it, Neil Marshall, who did a short, uh, you know, and there's Lucky McKee and just a whole bunch of, of great horror directors and people in the horror industry put their kind of, their, their fingers into this thing. Um, a lot of, some of the, man, some of the skits don't really land very well, but the overall bookend of the movie is great. So if there's, you know, one you don't like, there's another one you do like. It's kind of like the VHS uh, ABC's a death thing where, you know, there's a few, there's a, there's, there's a few good Halloween skits in there. Um, one, my, my personal favorite was Neil Marshall's, uh, Killer Pumpkin, uh, skit, which was a lot of fun. So I hope to have some of those guys on soon to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, I think that's still on demand right now. Uh, not released in physical format just yet, but, uh, hopefully we, this, it does well enough so we can get a Tales from Halloween 2. 
Now let's move on to theaters. Uh, one film I've been looking forward to so much to hit theaters was Crimson Peak, Guillermo del Toro's new film. And anything that guy touches, man, I love it. Even if it is delayed for like three, four years. Uh, the movie stars uh, Mia Wasinski, Jessica Chastain, Tom Hiddleston, Charlie Human, uh, and Jim Beaver from uh, Supernatural's even in there too. That kind of threw me off. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a really great ghost story. I wouldn't say it's too much of a horror film, although the skits with the the ghosts and things are very scary. Uh, I know Doug Jones was in some of the, the prosthetics for those, as he is all Guillermo de Toro's films. The sets are just gorgeous. Uh, Mia does an amazing job. Uh, Tom Hilson as well. Uh, and Jessica, you know, I mean, she's an Academy Award winning actress now, and she really brings that really just as a really cool role for her to do and brings the the horror to the to the series or to the movie and it was just so much fun i really enjoy this one this will be definitely one i want to own um i think it's still in theaters right now but you can uh you can check that one out very soon i'm sure they're gonna try and push it out before christmas uh but yeah definitely check out crimson peak uh two gigantic ghost thumbs up Crimson Peak is a gothic romance about the disintegration of this triangle between these three people. Thomas is a very mysterious character. What do you be mine? There's something kind of dark about him, but Edith is kind of immediately struck by him. Edith is a good person, and she believes in the essential goodness of people. Would you mind getting me a copy of the house keys, please? You don't need one. There are parts of the house that are unsafe. If she reads from Lucille any kind of coldness, she would never imagine that it was for some darker purpose. This is your home now. Lucille's the opposite of Thomas. She doesn't like to be outside the safety of the home she grew up in. The house is a principal character. It has secrets in the same way that human beings harbor demons and secrets. Constantly you feel the house is full of... Uh... Guillermo's incredibly skilled at holding back surprises. He is the primary interpreter of gothic romance in contemporary cinema. It's a particularly sophisticated approach to a ghost story. Where I come from, ghosts are not to be taken lightly. The beauty of the movie is part of the storytelling. This is a different slant to everything you normally see in the horror genre. What do you want? Do we have to do this? Must we? Yes. It's very, very scary indeed. Now I go take a breath from all that horror movie review and here's Necromantics Trick or Treat.
happened, I expected someone to do something. I expected parents to show up with questions and concerns. I thought the police would have done more. But nothing happened. Nothing changed. They opened it again the next year, and they were back to their old habits. <laughs> Troy, did you hear something? Relax, babe. Probably just Steve trying to scare us. They're just kids, right? So was he. He was just an innocent boy. I was a good mother to him. My boy. My sweet, sweet Jason. Holy shit. They're going to make a Friday the 13th game. And not like the one for the Nintendo. I'm talking like a legit, like, Evolve meets Left 4 Dead uh, meets Jason Voorhees game where it's you and seven camp counselors and you have to try and make it out through the night into morning to try and leave and just run away from Jason Voorhees. Uh, and I watched the Kickstarter backing video and they had a cool thing where it's like, you know, you can also screw over your teammates too. Like, it's not just trying to kill Jason or get away from Jason. So, like, say you're running down to a dock and Jason Voorhees is, you know, stomping slowly towards you and you need to get the mechanics to build this boat and so you just need somebody to grab wood or somebody to build the motor or this piece and those wrench blah 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 and then you get on there but as you're building the boat three more of your uh, teammates start running at you other camp counselors and you know what the boat only fits three so fuck them you're out uh, that sounds like a great idea different levels different ideas and they're getting everybody back from the original uh, Friday 13th movie including Kane Hodder to do mocap uh, Tom Savini to work on the kills uh, the original composer like this game is full of just uh, love of labor it seems like um, so definitely go check out the Kickstarter page for that it's Friday the 13th the game right now they're at about uh, I'd say 600,000 and they need 700,000 uh, as our goal uh, right now so yeah it, I mean if you back uh, I think the best one, because so far you back $5, you get like a wallpaper and a thanks. You back $15, you get a digital soundtrack and a wallpaper. You know, you get $25, that actually gets you the digital download key for the PC, the Xbox One, or the PS4, plus everything else. Uh, I think $30, it says here, you get uh, your digital camper. You get all that stuff. Uh, it doesn't really say what else. Uh was it $40? You get a beta access, which is kind of cool. $45, you get an art book. At $50, um, you get a digital key for your friend. You get an in-game credit. Uh, $55, you get... Uh, the list goes on and on. You get a ton of shit. And then the more you donate, I mean, it goes all the way down to... Uh, a physical Kickstarter exclusive collectible steel case. Uh, that's at $140. And, you know, the list goes on and on. So the more that you put into this, the more you get from it. So it's mainly on the Unreal Engine. Uh, right now, they don't even have the single player, which is at uh, $1,625,000. Um, so just, yeah, donate whatever you can, man. That, this game seems to be like a love labor uh, 
game. I don't know if it's going to be twenty five dollars. That's mean that's what they're getting with the digital code. But I think that might just be a Kickstarter exclusive. Um, very excited for this. Uh, back as much as you can. It has nine days left. Geez, somebody gets some WD forty on that door. Have I told you guys I've been getting into vinyl? I'm getting into vinyl. Uh, the folks over at Space Lab 9 were really gracious enough to send me over uh, the Adams Family uh, vinyl. Uh, it, it's great. It's the soundtrack on this beautiful red or orange and black pumpkin-colored uh, record. I know they also have a glow-in-the-dark one that's, I think, a Barnes & Noble exclusive. Uh, they were just at New York Comic Con and were uh, had some exclusives there as well. But let me tell you guys, this thing is beautiful, including the... Uh, the insert that tells the entire story of the soundtrack that was done um, by Viz Mizzy. And it was one of my favorite soundtracks. Not too dark, pretty light for television, but a lot of fun. And it just sounds great on vinyl. You know, those pops and cracks, it's, it's not, it adds something special uh, to the retro uh, feel of the Adams Family. And I couldn't ask for an even uh, better uh, vinyl and casing for this. So definitely check it out now over at SpaceLab9.com. They also have the Walking Dead soundtrack from the original uh, first season. And it has like a cool gatefold that opens up. Uh, shows Rick and the guys killing. Uh, and the soundtrack was really cool. Um, there were some really great artists on this one, including Bear McCree did the uh, original intro. And Emily Kinley, who was uh, Beth on the show, she, her song's on here too with Lauren Cohan, which is pretty cool. It's uh, the, the Parting Glass is the name of the song. A lot of fun. And this one comes in a... I guess it was a New York Comic Con exclusive as well, a busted uh, pink brain exclusive uh, vinyl. So that was really cool. Uh, and last but not least, the WNUF TV 28 presents Frank Stewart Investigates Halloween. Uh, if you guys were familiar with the WNUF Halloween special, you will get a kick out of this. On the night of October 31st, WNUF held a special broadcast that ran into some technical difficulties. Once our live feed was cut, reporter Frank Stewart, his guests, and a number of crew members went missing. The search for our friends continues, and now you can help. We're raising money to fund search efforts, and we're doing it through the sales of a unique promotional album. WNUF-TV 28 presents Frank Stewart Investigates Halloween. This WNUF exclusive features audio excerpts from Frank Stewart's scariest on-air news packages. The album also contains the strange work of paranormal research couple Dr. Lewis Berger and his wife, Claire. The proceeds from this album are contributions to fund search efforts for all the missing parties. Pick up your copy at any participating record barn location. Man, I really got a kick out of this. Uh, so the tracks are uh, the introduction with Frank Stewart, including the Haunted Laundry Mat, River Hills Sheep Squatch, Phantom of the Roller Rink, and then on side B is all the uh, the paranormal investigators that also went missing uh, that fateful night. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Really cool. It even looks really cool. It's like a green blast for you know Halloween fun. Uh, it comes with a cool like certificate of authenticity. Like if you're a huge cult WNUF. Halloween special fan, you can't miss this. And you can get this at terror-vision.com, so don't miss out on that. Well, another Halloween has come and gone. Yes, Charlie Brown. I don't understand it. I went trick-or-treating and all I got was a bag full of rocks. 
I suppose you spend all night in the pumpkin patch. And the great pumpkin never showed up? Nope. Well, don't take it too hard, Linus. I've done a lot of stupid things in my life, too. Stupid? What do you mean, stupid? Just wait till next year, Charlie Brown. You'll see. Next year at this same time, I'll find a pumpkin patch that is real sincere. And I'll sit in that pumpkin patch until the great pumpkin appears. He'll rise out of that pumpkin patch and he'll fly through the air with his bag of toys. The great pumpkin will appear and I'll be waiting for him. I'll be there. I'll be sitting there in that pumpkin patch and I'll see the great pumpkin. You tell them, Linus. Well, another show is come and gone, but I want to thank the folks at Wizard World for hosting the show. Uh, make sure to go to conradio.com and check out all the other great podcasts for geekdom, including video games and movies and wrestling and, and geek chic talk and all that fun jazz. As always, you can find the show on iTunes, on Facebook, I'm at Every Day is Halloween, Twitter at Hallows Eve 365, Tumblr, Eve Podcast, Twitch, Horror underscore guy um and you can always find me on twitter at horror guy and uh yeah so i'm gonna leave you guys with a little ministry this is a remix of the theme song this is everyday's halloween the raised in black mix stay scary